goes without saying. Welcome, everybody, to the It Goes Without Saying podcast. I am your host, Cass, and I am joined today by my friend, Catherine Ames. What's up, girl? So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine is a student at the University of Southern California, USC, if you will. And she is a columnist in their student newspaper, The Daily Trojan. But Catherine also has some chronic illnesses. Catherine, what chronic illnesses do you have in the pot? Yeah, oh yeah, baby. I got them all. Um I, you know, I got that big umbrella term diagnosis of lupus. And Ooh. then you know, all the other little cute things that come along with it. Um, I have an immune deficiency. I have chronic migraine. I uh, have dysautonomia. And then under that umbrella is POTS. Oh, what else? Um, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, and... Some doctors think MCAS, some doctors think EDS. Basically, I like to call it just a big question mark of a constellation of symptoms, definitely autoimmune in nature, definitely autoinflammatory in nature. Yeah, I know I'm not alone in having diagnosis for the purpose of insurance, but also being like, what the fuck is going on with my body? <laughs> This is why she is known as Chronically Catherine for her column and on her Instagram. So make sure you follow her. I'll tag her in the posts. (laughs) But so one of my good Lyme friends, one of my very first Lyme friends actually sent me an email like a month or two ago. And she was like, I know you're the only other person that will understand this. And it happened to be one of Catherine's articles. And it's about dating with chronic illness. And it had me like belly laughing because of how accurate it is. And just, I have been thinking about doing a dating slash relationship episode of the podcast since I like came up with an idea for the podcast. And I was like, Hey, I need to reach out to this girl. Cause she needs to talk to this about with like, talk about this with me, because this is so important and something that I'm really want to discuss because I also am trying to get back into the dating sphere. Cause it's been a little while and this was exactly what I needed to like get me on board. So thank you for writing this article. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. This is, uh, I think maybe the first or second column I wrote and like you, uh, it was, uh, the reason I started with this this subject was because I was, I'm a young person. I'm 22. Um, a young student living in this modern day and age, um, (laughs) who got diagnosed with chronic health issues about two years ago uh, and had to move back home and take a pause on, uh, the university experience for a while and pause my education so I could focus on what was going on with my health. And I know you mentioned, um, before we got on here that, you know, your Lyme journey has been going on for like what, like nine plus years. And I'm like relatively new to the chronic illness, uh, world, the chronic illness experience. So I, you know, it took me a year to find the online communities for chronic illness. For me, that has mainly been through Instagram, but it also took me a year of like finding therapies and feeling well enough to be like, wait, so now I have to live with chronic illness. 
how the hell am I supposed to one participate in activities that you do like when you're young, which are fun, which is like be dumb and either party or go to concerts or I mean, yeah, old people do these things too, (laughs) but you know, like I, 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 I want to be live during my youth. Even though my body is fighting against me, I want to be alive. And I was like, wait, so, okay, so I'm sick now, but like, wait, so how am I supposed to like date and fall in love and meet people? And how do I tell somebody I'm interested? What is going on like behind the scenes, you know, because you and I both have invisible illnesses and for people in the who are, you know, differently abled, who may have visible disabilities, that's a whole other conversation. And I can't speak to what dating is like in that lived experience, but I can't speak to what it's like having an invisible illness and having to like think about things like pre-medicating for a date or having to like set a date where I know that there's like food I can tolerate or uh, where I know there's going to be shade because my pots is like a raging bitch when I'm in the sun too long and like all those things. <laughs> like, so, so <laughs> I was like, wait, so like, where's the Instagram accounts like for chronic illness? Like, do you know, like there's chronic illness memes. I'm like, where's the ones for like dating? Like where, where can I find this information? And I couldn't, and I, I didn't. And so when I finally felt well enough after going through, you know, like a year of diagnosis and half a year of treatment, I was like, all right, well, I guess I just have to like shoot your shot, (laughs) shoot my shot and full send. And so I had been my previous relationship before I was diagnosed when I was in university, um, we met during orientation of college and I dated this guy for um, almost a year. And that was my last relationship. And I'd had some, you know, like hookups and, you know, some flirtatious, whatever you want to call them. Um, but since getting chronically ill and I wasn't in school and I was living at home and I was like, I see like one of two options. One option is I like go to a bar and I, because I think that's what you're supposed to do. Like, that's what TV shows taught me. Um, yep. <laughs> but you can't do that because we're in a pandemic. <laughs> Lol, sorry. I <laughs> can't do that right now. Uh, so the only other option is dating apps like Hinge and Tinder and Bumble. Um, and I was someone who always vehemently was like, never going to find love on an app. You know, like the internet is, you know, like the internet is, you know, like you don't make real relationships on the internet. But like, I quickly got off my high horse because since starting Chronically Catherine, I'm like, I made a relationship with you and that's a real relationship. Like who says that meeting somebody online isn't a real relationship. And since becoming chronically ill, online communities are are communities. Like, so I quickly got off my high horse and was like, I need to check myself because meeting somebody online, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. They're just different. Um, no matter what your baby boomer parents might say, there's nothing wrong with meeting somebody online. But I know you like recently got into the online dating game and like using apps to meet people, which I, you know, I talk a big talk, but that shit intimidating. Okay. It's not 
it's not easy. <laughs> I literally, okay, so backtracking a little bit, but yes, yeah, so like I've also been the person that was like, oh my God, I'm like, I, I can't do it. Like I, so I have gone through phases of like dating. So I was in a like long-term relationship my like last two years of high school, I think mm-hmm. like a little after that as well. And so, but that boy had known me since I was like in sixth grade and he like knew that I was like sick. Yeah. Didn't know like, the full, didn't have a full understanding of what it was like before we started dating. But so it kind of just like fell in that way. So I was like, I, that was a totally different story, but also was like in high school. So you literally yeah. like, see people in the hallway and you can meet people that way. Yeah. Um, but so after that one, like I was really, really sick for a while. So I like did the like, thought of dating had like, there was no thought of dating in my mind. Cause I was literally just like survival mode, trying to get myself yeah. well. And that like has gone several times when like, Hmm, okay. I kind of, yeah. I kind of know well <laughs> enough. Maybe I could like date a little bit. And then it's like, I get really sick again, only in survival mode. And I'm like, Hmm, maybe I can date a little. So gone through those phases. And so yeah. uh, one time, a few years ago, I did try Bumble. I had went on like one date with this one guy or whatever. And we talked for like a, a few weeks or something, but I like, I had such anxiety with it. Cause I like feel like a bad person. I'm, I'm like, ah, I feel bad judging people just based off of how they look in their profile. But then their friend was like, Cassidy, if you were at a bar before you would go and talk to somebody, you would literally be judging them off of what they looked like. And I was like, yes. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or their like body language or like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I was like, okay. So that made me feel better. Yeah. But yes, so I have... I downloaded the Hinge app, but I have not done anything with it because I don't know what to do, Okay, which is what I was going to ask you about because in Catherine's blog right here, she literally outlines, which is one of the hardest things, like what the fuck do you put in your profile when you're like a chronically sick person? Yeah, Cause like you don't just want to like throw it out there and be like, Hey, I am blah, 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 blah. Like, it's like, like no offense. Like it, it's kind of terrorizing for like, at least like daunting when you like see someone written yeah. when you have to write it all out. Like even when my first podcast episode came out, my best friend Peyton, who I was in my second episode, she listened to the first episode and texted me and she was like, dude, like I've lived this nine years with you. And it's still just like, holy shit. When I was listening to it again, I'm like, yeah, it is kind of scary when you first, like, you don't, I don't know. I don't know. How, like, what are you supposed to say? I've, like, even for a normal person, if I wasn't like chronically sick, I wouldn't put in a dating profile. I wouldn't know what pictures to put. Yes. So Catherine, explain to me, what do I put in my profile? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So two quick things. First, for even if you're not chronically ill, hi, welcome to the conversation. You're welcome here too. Um, and if you are chronically ill, hopefully we can provide some tips and tricks for you, um, like based on our lived experience, based on my experience on dating apps. But this kind of goes for anybody. Um, like the elephant in the room is that, yeah, it is strange to judge somebody based on pictures and images and like, you know, quotes or their bio or, um, like text on their profile. It's strange. Um, and it can feel really, uh, judgmental and really subjective. And like you said, we, in, I think a lot of more people will relate to the struggles of online dating um, because to put into context, I am living at home currently. I did online school this past semester. Cassidy, you live and commute from home. Yep. So for the chronic illness community, pre-pandemic, living in isolation and trying to find connection online that will translate 
into meeting up in person in real life, that most of the time, chronic illness people are more well-versed in that than uh, people who have the ability to meet uh, in real life circumstances, like especially on college campuses, which is just a concentrated amount of young people and a constant concentrated opportunity for experience, whatever that be, um, on a college campus, right? So yeah, coming to like, if you aren't a part of the chronic illness community, or if you're approaching online dating for the first time, pre-pandemic, it was, it, like, now post-pandemic, I feel like a lot of people have turned to, we've all had to turn to the internet in some way to connect with other people, right? So hopefully, like, living through the pandemic, you've gotten a little more comfortable with you using technology to your advantage and maybe having less shame in using technology to meet people because there is no shame in using technology to meet, meet people. Yes. First, the first hurdle to overcome is downloading the apps. Yep. Literally was so, so awkward for me. I was like, oh my God. Step number one, you're like, all right. Like rule book out the window. Uh, here we go. And I think that's honestly the best approach is uh, first before you download the apps, like know that this is going to be an experience of growth and there's going to be some discomfort and there's going to be some, oh my God, what? So we're now or like some awkward moments. Yes. But like to me, I find that stuff so entertaining. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's the moments of like storytelling to your best friends or the moment you text the best friend and you're like, Oh my God, what do we, what, how do I respond to this? Or, like, Oh my God, a guy from my high school, just like my profile. What do I do? Oh you know? See, that's the most terrifying thing. Also, yeah. because, like I live in my hometown yes. too. And I'm literally, as you were just saying that, I was like, fuck, what if people I know from high yes. school, like I match with them? Like, Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, that has happened to me too. I live in my hometown as well. And I think this whole, I think approaching, um, like for us, we're talking about dating using apps, um, is a total lesson in asking yourself why you're doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, but you also don't really have to know. You don't have to know why you're doing this. You just feel yeah. an inclination to put yourself out there and meet people. Don't listen to anything else your anxiety brain says, your depression brain. Take that. Take that and run with it. And that's a perfect, that is all you need to download these apps. You don't need some big, long explanation of how you want to fall in love or that you want to hook, whatever. If you just want to meet people and you want to go on a date and you want to dress up or you are looking for a hookup or whatever, just that's all you need. You don't need, and you also don't need yep. to explain yourself outside of the app or inside of the app. And I think we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I actually heard like uh, what like got me into like the like, hmm, I should really download an app. Was it like a couple months ago? I was listening to um, Dak Shepard's podcast, Armchair Experts. It's like my favorite. And he had this sex therapist on there and she was talking and like, I just like kept talking about like how dating, like you have to practice. Like, it's not just something you can like do. And she's yeah. like, even like, like how you said, like, even if you just like go on like one date with a person, like you need those practice dates. Like, and it's just something you have to keep working out because you can get out of practice yeah. of it. And then it's like super scary and super, it's like a sport kind of like, like if you have like, for me, like, oh my God, if I was to go try to like play a softball game right now and I haven't played softball in like seven years, like that would be freaking terrifying. Yeah. So like, it's something you have to practice at. And that's kind of where my mindset is right now. Like, 
I'm trying to not put any expectations on it and be like, because I've always been, I'm also a hopeless romantic and I watch Hallmark movies and all I read is smutty romance books. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they like the grumpy office worker fell in love with the secretary. Stop. It's so cute. Yes. But that's not going to yeah. be my life. And I have to have to accept that like the billionaire is not going to come and find me and take me on his private yacht and marry me. Absolutely. It's not going to be me. So <laughs> like yeah. trying to like drop all those fake expectations that society has put into us and just be like, hey, like I kind of just want to talk to someone just to have someone else to talk to too. Like my like who I call is my mom my sister and my best friend like hey maybe just to have like someone else to talk to like how like I don't know do you know what I mean like yeah I totally not put any of those like that's gonna be the person I'm gonna marry expectations on it that's not who I'm looking like that's not if that comes down absolutely yeah yeah, it's not the main goal yeah you need to go into like I would say that expectation is for me the tactic that has worked best is go on dates for an adventure and experience and to make a connection with somebody and to learn something about someone new, Yep, their lived experience. Um, and maybe something comes out of it. Maybe yeah. you get a second date. Uh, you know, maybe you do fall in love with them, but nine times out of 10, you have, uh, hopefully you have a good time. And yeah. I think we'll also talk about, um, how to like screen people on your profile and check yes. for flags. Cause that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, nine times out of 10, it's just been like, you know, like a nice, you know, coffee with somebody yeah. or and pizza and just like chatting and hearing about what their interests are. And if you go into it with not low expectations, cause expectations can sometimes keep you safe. Uh, you know, like yes. if you, you need to keep your expectations uh, or your standards, you need to keep your standards in check. Know your worth. But yeah, going into it with with expectations and then bringing it back to chronic illness, not entering dating uh, as a space as someone who's chronically ill with expectations that you're going to make it to every date, that you're going to feel great on every date. Um whether that's physically, uh, you know, being okay with canceling a date because you don't feel up to it, being okay with ending a date early because you're not feeling well or you have a treatment to get to or whatever, like centering dating around prioritizing your health first, right? We're not saying go date, throw everything else out the window because yeah, that's what it takes to find somebody. No. You're, you've worked so long to get your health where it is, or if you're in the throes of diagnosis, like that's your number one priority. And yep. frankly, most of the time, like we talked about early, earlier, um, like I'm not interested in dating when I'm in a lot of physical pain No, when I'm sick and I feel like when I'm nauseous or like, I don't want to see anybody when I feel that way. Right. But if you are interested in, and you're feeling better or you're in a place where you're like, I kind of want to meet people. Yep. Then none of that should ever come before maintaining your health and putting that first. And I think that that's kind of the theme of the conversation is dating isn't a, is it should not be a subtraction or take away from what you're doing to better your health or keep your health. 
it's an addition. It's a fun addition and it's, uh, it's something that should supplement and parallel your journey to continued health or improving health or keeping your body at homeostasis. It should never be something that like takes you out of your routine so much that it impacts your health or, you know, that it drives your health in the wrong direction. Um, but that being said, downloaded the apps. Now you got to fill them out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, what yeah back to the profile what do i do okay so let's like pretend that i'm making filling in my app right now okay so what pictures are you supposed to use because like i like how you pointed that out in your article like the only pictures that i have of myself like i have super awesome pictures of my stomach bloating to look like i'm six months pregnant but like that's not the picture i'm going to use on my profile page and like i read up on it and they're like don't use selfies don't use this and i'm like well bitch what the hell do you want me to put in my profile picture because I don't know, like, what I'm like, like, how are you supposed to do that? First of all, if you want to put pictures of yourself getting an infusion, of yourself getting treatment, of yourself bloated, there's no problem with that. Like, please, let's normalize that bodies change shape, bodies go through ups and downs, bodies don't look like, let's get away from our capitalist patriarchy, you know, largely white uh uh preach idea uh, and westernized standards of beauty right like if you are loud proud and want to put a picture of yourself with your port or your pick or you're bloated or yes. um, with your iv pole like do it more power to you right and the people who will reach out to you on those apps are the people who can handle it right they're not intimidated yep. by your iv pole or your bloating or whatever like you in a hospital gown like the people who reach out to you despite putting that on your profile are the people who can probably hang right so but there's also something to be said for asking yourself okay like what when i'm in a relationship and this will be different for everybody but like when i'm in a relationship i had when i when i started dating i had to ask myself one what am i what am i comfortable sharing yeah Two, what am I comfortable uh, sharing in person? Two, what am I comfortable sharing on my profile? And Mm -hmm. three, you kind of have to think about it like from, I guess, maybe a moral perspective or an introspective perspective. Ooh, fun. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But basically ask yourself, uh, and I would, I hope that this is true for people listening. And this is true for me, at least, is, my chronic illness is not me. Yeah. Right. Like I am not lupus. I am not migraine. Catherine does not equal IgG2 subclass immune deficiency. Right. Yeah. Catherine is vivacious. Catherine is funny. Catherine dances. Catherine sings. Catherine likes to drive with the windows down. Like that's my personality. And that's what I want someone to like. That's what I want someone to relate to. That's what I want someone to eventually fall in love with. That's who that's, who I want my eventual lifelong partner to marry or however you want to solidify your relationship with someone. That's what I hope it, that's what it should be around. Right. And if, but if chronic illness, let's say in the unique circumstance is your point of connection, that's great. But in my experience, setting up my profile was an act of saying I'm putting 
who I am aside from my chronic health conditions as my front and center. Like Catherine Ames, without chronic health conditions, she lives with them, but they're not the main character. I'm my main character, you know? Yeah. So. Oh, I love that. I like that. Sorry. The main character. I just really like that. Yeah. It's so, yeah. How it is. You know? So yeah. Like, you know, you like, Lupus is not the main character in my life. Like it's Catherine's, you know, like it's a, it's the Catherine show people. Let's get it over. Okay. Catherine. Yeah. It's the Catherine show. Like welcome. <laughs> it's Catherine. Um, so that I think for me, when I realized that I was like, Oh wait, like I may go on a date with someone and they may never know that I have chronic health conditions and that's okay too. Like <laughs> it's totally up to you. And I think, um, it, dating is another act of taking control of your narrative and taking control of your circumstances. Yes. That's kind of like what I said earlier when I said like in a life that we lead with such uncertainty, I am now looking at the dating part of it as something when we can kind of have the control over it. Yes. It's like, Hey, if you don't want to be active on the apps right now, cause you don't feel well, you don't have to be active. If yeah. you aren't feeling that person, you can respond and say, Hey, like, I'm not really feeling it. Like you can do whatever you need to do. You are the one that's in control, which is kind of something yeah. that's different for us because our, like our bodies aren't really in our control, but this is something we kind of can control. Yes. I 1000% agree. Okay. Let's get to the apps. Yes. So I'm, I'm literally going to open my hinge app right now, oh, please. And, uh, so here's the, th- okay, let's break it down for the people, for our <laughs> listeners. There's three main apps, right? Like if you, there's Bumble, which is where the woman or the person who identifies as female reaches out to, I guess, the person who identifies as male, or maybe there's, I I don't know. I can only speak from like the the cis perspective and the heterosexual perspective. I'm actually not sure how it works, but like I I used Bumble a few years ago when I did it. And like, yeah, that was like, I was one that was like reaching out and stuff. So there's that one where I think it's more maybe one-sided. And then there's Tinder, which I don't know. I think people have this preconception that Tinder is for hookups. And like, eh, maybe it is a little bit more, but I've gone on some totally platonic, like regular people dates with Tinder. So still a great option. And then there's Hinge, which I think for people our age is definitely the like, let's go on a date. Yeah. app And, um, and I think I found most of my dates through Hinge. But again, whatever you're looking for, if you're a chronic illness, you know, like if you're very spoony and you are like ETF, maybe Tinder's the best option for you. You decide what's right for you. I'm going to pull up Hinge right now. And like I said in my column, I had a hard time like picking pictures from, um, from like that I felt were representative of like who I was but that were also recent because my past two years have been totally consumed with um chronic illness and like being in and out of the hospital and all the glamour of <laughs> doctor's offices infusions, all that kind of stuff so um mine is all like yeah me being like 
my stomach bloating and stuff, but then it's literally my entire camera roll is just my niece and my nephew. Oh, no. And I recently realized like on my Instagram that there was like nothing indicating that these weren't my children. So I recently changed my Instagram bio to say like auntie or something. So I was like, people probably think that these are my actual kids. And I've had like, I have had members at my work, like come up to me, like say like thought they were my actual kids. And I'm like, I mean, I am with them all the time and they pretty much are mine, but no, those are not my kids. That's hilarious. Yeah. And if you do have a kid, Feel free to include them or not. I think the theme of this whole conversation is... You do what you're comfortable with and be proud of what you want to. Yes. Do what you're comfortable with. Like, Lord Jesus yep. Almighty, please just do what you're comfortable with. Because there is no one out... If you if there's someone out there telling you what you should and shouldn't do and how you should and shouldn't date... Yes. Just questionable. <laughs> suspicious. So, my Hinge profile... Um, there's one picture of me on a day that I was really sick, but I was looking cute, so I took oh, a selfie. Yeah. We love it. There you go. If you need to dress up and go outside or, like, slap some makeup on to take a picture, do it. Do do it. it. Also, like, no shame in asking your friends to help you take some pictures. No shame in saying, like, Mom, can you take a picture of me? Like, we're going to coffee. Can you just, like, take a picture of me drinking this coffee? I think I look good. No shame in that right like and if you need someone to call it me and Catherine, we'll come and help to keep like take pictures of you yes <laughs> yes and like right like the the whole like profile thing it's a means to an end right yeah you are not your profile you mm-hmm. are the person who you hope to like you're the person how do you say this you are not like the series of pictures and images and texts you're, this is a means to meet somebody and to like hopefully spark conversation, right? So it should like reflect your personality. Yeah. So I have a picture of me from like, I think this is probably 2017 of me and my two best friends. We look hot. They're my best friends. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up like that's That's honestly yep. all the thought that was put into it. I have another picture of me here with my other two best friends. And um I'm holding a cordless phone that's not attached to anything. I thought that was hilarious. I love it. That's pretty funny. I appreciate it. But I look hot. So who cares? 2017, putting it up there. Uh, I have a picture of me when I was like a little kid and I had just the ugliest haircut. So worst case scenario, go on your... Go old school. Break open a scrapbook or a photo book or go down to your fridge and snap a picture of, you know, your ugly self when you were a child and whatever outfit, because there's a story there, yeah. right? That's like a point of conversation with somebody who likes it and is like, lol, what's going on here? Or haha, like I relate or whatever. Yeah. So worst case scenario, Hinge does like what, like six pictures, one of six, two of six could be you as a kid with a funny story. Great. Yeah, you got two down. My last one is a video three. So like three of six. One is a video of my dog just out, like going absolute berserk. Like, and I thought it was hilarious. So that was one of mine. So I've got two that aren't even really, that are not recent pictures. One's of me as a kid. One's of my dog going, you know, having the zoomies. Two are from several years ago and two are relatively recent, right? Like, and if I didn't tell you that, you would never know. Um, never know. Uh, so we're going to use that to our advantage again. Another theme of today. Yeah. They don't got to know what they what you don't want to tell them. No. Right. right? Yep. So. I love that. 
I don't know about you, but that's how I chose my pictures. And then I was kind of like, okay, put the phone down. I'm done with it. Yeah. That's how I'm going. Like I, ha- I literally, I still have not like made it up yet. So I'm, I, I need to, but I'm also have not been feeling good again. So I'm like kind of in like the, eh, I'm going to try in between state of, I'm in the in between right now, yeah. but I'll get there again. But so I, I have time to try to figure out which pictures I'm going to post, which I also do like that hinge allows you to do videos though. Yeah. Cause the other ones I don't think do, which is really, cause I feel like you also get a lot more out of a video too. Yeah. And what's cool about hinge too, is you can put captions on it. So like, I know there's one that's like, whatever, caption, it's like my peaceful place or whatever. And you could put a video of just like a lake and someone's like, oh, yeah. where's this? And you're like, oh, this is my, where I go to camp every summer. Or like I was in Italy or whatever. Like, yeah. So I guess like p- pictures that may start a conversation or pictures where you're like, yeah, damn, I look fine. I look fine. Sure. So um, you are beautiful and accept it and appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I would say uh, also something like on a practical level, and I'm sure a lot of like, you said you like looked up um, articles, like what do I put my, my hinge profile? Mm-hmm. I'd say some general rules of thumb are gotta have a good picture of your face. Yep. No sunglasses on. Like, yeah. Right. Cause like I want to see them. I want to see them big blue eyes or whatever, the big brown eyes, or I want to see them eyes. Yep. A picture of you having a good time is usually a great picture to have. Uh, Another elephant in the room, you do not have to put a picture of you wearing a bikini, of you shirtless. Go for it, yeah. Like, if you want to, my best. Um, But there is, like for all of the websites or blogs that are like, you should have pictures showing off your body. Fuck that. Bah. Yeah, no, it, it's once again, whatever you are comfortable with. So if you're comfortable yeah. with that, go for it. If you're not, yes. don't fucking do it because you don't have to. No one's forcing you to do that. Yeah, so. a picture of you with your best friends, childhood photo, a video mm-hmm. of your dog or whatever. But I think what we're trying to, like, I think the big takeaway is, one photos that start a conversation are really helpful and two like radiating the kind of energy that you want to receive right so if you are looking for a hookup and Mm -hmm. you want a body yaddy all over your profile bitch do it i support you a thousand percent um but i've also found that like yeah i've gotten some creepy guys that are like hey gorgeous that you look good naked, like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to block you, but thanks. That's gross. And, but I'm flattered, but that's gross. Um, but nine times out of 10, I've mostly gotten people who, uh, are chill or perfectly nice or, you know, aren't assholes. So I forget there was something else I wanted to say. Um, Oh, the bio. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to Yes, the bio. Okay, so what, is, what does your bio say, if you want to share with us? Because, like, wait, can I read? Okay, I'm going to read you some of the funny-ass bios that Catherine put in her blog or in her column. Because, like, these are what, like, I actually... Okay, wait. Ready? <laughs> Catherine, 22. No, I don't care how big a fish you caught or what kind of car you have. Yes, shower sex is an option, as long as you're cool with a shower chair. That one had me... I, I'm not going to, like... I was actually laughing at so hard because, like, yes, I also have a shower chair. I was like, this is so 
looking funny. So true. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Catherine, 22, has tubes coming out of her arm, but don't worry. They won't get tangled if we make out like... The slow clap for you because yeah. it's so tr- like yes like that's what are you supposed to write like yeah yes well yeah what the fuck are you supposed to write that's literally yeah that's what I wrote is how I felt if you ever do read that column it's totally it's totally unfiltered like so my I'm gonna let's bob over to Tinder my Tinder profile I was so fed up with being unsure of what to write in my bio Mm -hmm. I had no idea but I'm also not the kind of person who is going to leave a blank yep because I never backed down from a challenge (laughs) so I panicked and I wrote this is I kid you not I'll show Cassie she can I literally wrote (laughs) I wrote a rhyme I wrote a little poem and it goes like this Street smarts, neat parts, mango larts, tater tarts, vaccination hearts. Beautiful. That's it. That's, beautiful. That's the bio. That's the bio, everybody. Thank you for coming <laughs> to this podcast. See you later. Case closed. My point being, your bio can be a series of random words, and I still have gone on dates with people from Tinder. People still like my profile. Like, so, I mean, it could be anything. I know some people, you know, for guys listening, think they have to put their height, think they have to put their, like, you know, how much they can bench or, you know, no, I don't, I don't care about that. Maybe some girls do, but I'm talking as Catherine here. You don't need to put that. Maybe put something like a favorite movie quote. I always find those interesting or. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I did. I didn't, I think for my Bumble profile, I did like, I took a movie. I, oh, I think it was like, I'm just a girl look like standing in front of a boy asking him. And it was like, like from Notting Hill. And I, oh my God, it was something so stupid. Like, I think it was like, do you like pineapple on your pizza? Like, I think that was like what it was. That was like my question. Like, <laughs> that was my profile. Yeah. Here's the other, yeah, here's the other hack, absolute hack. No shame in using this either. Because again, they'll never know. Yeah. Freaking Google some Tinder files. Google. Come on. Like, uh, there's, yeah, there's no problem with the Googling, like, funny Tinder bios. And either, one, copy and pasting that shit. Because chronic illness, we want to make things as easy as possible. Like, we're trying to save time here, right? Not trying to mince words. Two... Uh, you just get inspired from something that you yep. see uh, that like somebody else created, you know, like uh, you're like, oh, wow. Like Cassidy used a movie quote. Like I thought I could think of a movie quote or like <laughs> uh, Catherine wrote a nonsensical rhyme. I think I could do that. Like but, but I, there's no trademark or copy copyright on what I just said. Take it. Use it. Please. Like we're like, like we're just trying to help sisters and brothers out. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, so no shame in Googling, but I think on my hinge profile, um, hinge is cool. Cause they have like, uh, questions that you answer. Um, I'm going to read mine. Yes, please do. Get your phone out and take, take them, me. Take, <laughs> them, take them from me. Cause they're not mine. And, uh, they're here to share. So my first one is believe it or not, 
the the question that hinge like this little blurb and it says believe it or not i and then you fill in the blank and mm-hmm. i wrote i'm mr brightside okay love that that's my first karaoke song there you go bam take it use it cassidy <laughs> whatever you're in the halfway across the country no one's we're n- never gonna match with the same people. Match. <laughs> okay uh my second one is the the one I chose to answer was ideal first date. And I wrote includes a slice of 3.1415. Love that. I love it. That's so punny. Take it. Use it. Use it. Take it. It's free. Uh, and then my last one was I chose the the question. Let's make sure we're on the same page about. And then I just wrote kids bop. Okay. I appreciate the kids bop. That's so, that's see. Okay. This is making me feel so much better because I like, I've just been like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. What do I do with it? But it's like, you can make it however you want it to be. Oh, thank you. I feel better. <sighs> Take it. So again, like just like, yeah. And the cool thing about hinge too, is that it auto populates answers to inspire you like of things you like to write. So like, if I wanted to change one of my things like one of my blurbs on hinge Mm -hmm. you go and you click edit on your profile you click the little blurbs and you say uh like you'll you know change the question and it takes you to all of the potential ones you could choose to answer like it says change my mind about and then hinge is already filled in answer for you taking a mini break from all my social media accounts. And you can Mm -hmm. either just say, oh, wow, that's a great answer. I'm just going to reword that and put that on my profile. Like make it as easy as possible. Once again, saving time because you're tired and you don't want to have to deal with that. (laughs) So, okay. So let's say we get the profile set up. Okay. And like you're talking to someone. Yes. How do you go about setting up a date because I know like for me mm-hmm. I think you kind of touched on it earlier but so recently I actually did go out on a date um I didn't have to use the app for that one what but <laughs> oh, wow look at you um but like once again all about like taking the control I tried to make it so that I am the one who's like planning it kind of yeah. not like I like asked but I'm like okay well like if we could go like oh we should I'm like I didn't say like let's go here I'm like oh my gosh have you ever been to this restaurant because yeah. I was like in my mind I was like okay because I know because I have very 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 strict dietary restrictions mm. I know 100% that I can go to this restaurant and eat something there yeah. and I know that I trust these people that work at the restaurant and I'm not going to get sick because they're not going to fuck it up and accidentally cook it in like butter yeah so like and then yeah. <laughs> like, oh sorry I accidentally cooked this in peanut oil yeah, it's like, oh, great. Thank you. I'm going yeah. to go cry. Yeah, Thank sorry. You. I'm going to get my EpiPen out. Yeah, so. Great first date. Like, so, yeah. I don't remember what I was going with, but something along those lines about date ideas. That's okay. So, you basically, you've locked it in. Yep. Or how you lock it in is you make the, I would say, make the first move in terms of setting mm-hmm a time location circumstance for the date right so like yes you've got chronic illness you either you're relying on taking medications on a certain time you're relying on having uh certain foods or you can only have certain foods you have allergies um a time of day that works better for you you have energy at a time of day 
um, whatever it may be. And this can be for people not experiencing chronic illness too. Like you've got a kid that you've got to pick up from school at four or like you've got work that lets off at five or you work night shifts. So you have the mornings free, whatever. Um, I think the most that is honestly to me, quoting DJ Colin, the major key to landing a date is being comfortable. And like you said, practicing initiating where the date's going to be right. Like it's 2021 baby. Yep. We got no problem with who sends the first text, right? No problem with that. Nope. And double text. You can double text that shit if you need to, like you do it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe the conversation is already, you know, talking about lighthearted stuff or somebody's responded to something on your profile or whatever. And you're like, this person seems cool. Um, no problem with saying, this, this is what I do. I don't know about you. I just say, hey, you seem cool. Want to get coffee sometime. Low stakes, one, for keeping in mind, like, you want to be safe on these platforms. Choose a public place, right? Coffee is always going to be in a public place. Yep, 100%. Always, always public. But if you're somebody like, you know, thinking about, the chronic illness side of things, I'm somebody who like can't survive a date without having food. Like if we're just going to sit and sip on tea for two hours, can't do it. I need like, I need, I'm a nibbler. I'll need, I need to like constantly be snacking on something salty. So for me, I love centering a date around food and it's usually a great like point of conversation. You can talk about, you know, like small talk, this food is so good, whatever. Or contrary like to you, you have places you know that's safe for you to eat, right? So there's no problem with saying, hey, you seem cool. Want to go grab a bite at insert place? Um, yep. And then you take the control back. Yeah. And then you just take, you take the control and um, then you meet them halfway with, you know, if you can, if you can meet them halfway with when it is or where it is or whatever it may be. But uh, every date that I've gone on, I've usually been the one who's like, great, you seem really cool. Like, let's get, I'm also not someone who's going to, I'm not a texter for like two weeks and then let's go on a date. I'm like, if you seem cool, let's see if this checks out in person. In person yep. time, and then that was also something super interesting from that podcast that I was referencing earlier, which I can also link it here, but they, so I like went onto that sex therapist podcast and she had one with one of the creators of hinge and I listened to it. No way. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. So I'll share it with you. But yeah. But so this woman was talking and she's like, don't, she literally says that don't talk on like, don't text for weeks at a time because when you actually in person, you don't have anything to talk about. Yes. Like you run out of the idea. So like, if you're getting a good vibe and you're like, okay, like we're kind of meshing here, bring it into person because you don't like also like, I don't know about you, but I'm like an entirely different, not like entirely different, but I'm a pretty different person in person than I am in text. Yeah. Me too. Like my, my personality doesn't shine through text. I'm also terrible at texting. My phone auto corrects the word and to abs and I don't know why. And I don't fix it. And my like, I always have typos in my messages and I don't care about them. Like I've just, I'm not a good texture, but I'm a pretty good time in person. So like, yeah, exactly. Waste all the time on the like texting. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, I think, there's also, uh, if you can't meet in person, mm-hmm. like when the pandemic was happening, yeah. it was in full swing rather, and there wasn't a vaccination, there's no treatment, we had no idea what the hell was going on. 
FaceTime is also an option. Like yeah, you can 100%. totally FaceTime a date with somebody. Um, like if you have a compromised immune system and you're still social dis- physically distancing, social distancing, um, or you just need to be extra careful, right? Or you yep. can't get the vaccine for any reason. Um, mm-hmm. So I think taking control of when the date is, where it's going to take place, no shame in that, right? Yep. And to me, I find it attractive when people take initiative, like, yep. because it's one less thing that I have to do because I'm doing so much for my health and for, you know, school all the time. Like, if someone suggests suggests something, sets up a time, is like, hey, uh, like, meet me here at this place, I have a surprise. I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't have to do anything. I just have to show up and be myself, right? So that's great for like maybe the second or third date or when you get comfortable or other circumstances. But for the first date, I always am like, let's do this at this time. Are you free then? Right. And then you also filter out the people who can't commit. And then you don't waste time on those people. (laughs) Exactly. So I set up the date with this guy for like the first one. And then for the second one, like it was kind of like a group effort because like we knew like we wanted to like, we knew we just wanted to like chill and like we were trying to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier because I'm a huge Marvel fan, but like don't, didn't want this guy to come to my house because I'd only been on one date with him and I didn't want to go to his house because I was like, I've only been on one date with him. So like that wasn't where I was trying to go. Um, So there's like local um, like cidery place thing. And I was like, okay, like we could go there because like you can kind of, you can like rent like your own space and then like we could just watch it on like an iPad because you can download the episodes and stuff. But I knew that this place like had food and stuff, but I knew that I couldn't eat anything there. So I just ate before I went. Like Mm -hmm. I knew that that was going to happen. So like I also planned that into like kind of how like we talked about like medicating stuff like that. Like I knew that I wasn't going to be able to eat anything there, but I didn't want to like not like tell him we couldn't go there. So I just ate before I went and I knew that that was what's going to happen. I brought myself some snacks like I can munch on. (laughs) I can eat almonds but they have yeah. to be um peeled almonds i have to take the skin off an almond which like i didn't know was a thing but it's really weird and it's cool oh wow yeah but so they have to be peeled almonds um so i brought like a bag of peeled almonds and so if i got hungry like i could have a little snack and like yeah. it's a cidery and like i can't drink alcohol but i was like you yeah. totally can go drink he was like are you gonna get something to drink do you want something to drink and i was like no like i can't but you totally go like i always try to do that with people like not even just for yeah. dates but like my friends and family i'm like I'm fine. Like, I know that I can't eat things here. Like I've already prepared myself for this. It's totally fine, but I don't want that to stop you from having the good time. Yeah. Like that's also like, if you're like me and you don't want like, I don't know, like that's just another anxiety thing that I get sometimes. Like I feel like I'm causing issue to bring it down a little bit. I'm always like, Oh God, like I'm the burden, but I take the, once again, take the control. I, okay. I look at the situation. I know that I won't be able to eat here. I plan ahead. I eat before I go and then go, but also you could just find somewhere you can eat, but like just another thing, if you want to do other options besides like food and stuff like that with going like on a hike or something, like if that's something you're kind of into, like making sure that there's a hiking place you can go to that does have like rest areas along the way or like benches or something you kind of know about, like those kinds of things that, you know, okay, I can do this, but, or like if your friends, now that people are vaccinated and things are opening up, if they want to go to like a bar or a club or something and like dance around, as long as you make sure that there are like places that you'd be able to sit and chill and like rest a little bit, like you're able to do these things if you take that like little initiative and stuff and you are, you're the one that's picking the place kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think uh, like rounding out your point you just made by saying like all of these 
extra little things that you do to prepare or premedicate for a date or think ahead for a date, right? They can be like really anxiety producing. Like it can take away the fun of actually getting excited for the date. 100%. So that's where that's where practice comes in. Like having a place that you can rely on that you just default, you know, that's where you do all your first dates or, you know, having a note in your phone. I had a note in my phone when the pandemic was um, uh, going on and there wasn't a vaccine. And I had a note about saying, I'll read it to you. Yes, please. I had a pre-written note that I would send to my date before we would get there. Here's the note. I'm not sure how to say this because I've never lived through a pandemic before. Ha ha. But I follow social distancing guidelines because I'm someone who's high risk. So out of respect for your health and my own, if you're cool staying six feet apart, then we have a a plan. Smiley face. And I would just send that to them like an hour before the date. And um, they'd be like, oh, yeah, chill. Me too. Agreed. Like I see my high risk mom or yeah, I have diabetes. That's no problem. Like, yeah, it, I never had a person who was not who's with that. Yeah. And I think that's also a point like with the pand- pandemic and world altering shit that we all are going through. That's also an added layer to the thing. But like, do what Catherine said, like, say, hey, like, I like I'm high risk. Like, I'm, like I stay six feet apart. Like, are you vaccinated? Because I am high risk. Like, it's OK to like and it's like. And that's another thing about like our generation, I feel like as well, like we're not afraid to like speak up and ask those things that make make people uncomfortable because our own comfort is more important than like other people's, you know what I mean? Like it kind of sounds selfish, but like, you know what I mean? Like that's more important. Like my, my mom is like terrified to ask people if they're vaccinated where I'm like mm-hmm. Pfizer and Moderna. <laughs> like, yeah, what, exactly. What you got? What'd you get? It's for your health that you have to like find out these things. If you like, and if you can get vaccinated too, cause like. I know there are a lot of chronically sick people that can't get vaccinated. Like I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get vaccinated. And like, it would be kind of important for me to know that the person that I am seeing is vaccinated than if I can't get vaccinated too, like important. But on that note too, how do you bring up an illness? Cause like you said that you were high risk. Cause you also said like you are kind of new to the dating world with being chronically sick. Yeah. So in my note that I would send before, um, like, confirming a date, I would say I'm someone who's high risk. Right. And that's my like mm-hmm. vague way of saying like, that I'm chronically ill. Right. Like yep. I don't really want my chronic illness or my illness to overshadow the conversation before I get to meet this person in person. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, mostly because one to ease anybody's worries out there, it just for me, doesn't come up in initial conversation over text. Like when we're setting up the yeah. date or when we're like kind of feeling each other out um, over messaging and before we set something up, it usually, it, it not usually, it has never come up for me. My health has never come up for me over the date mm-hmm. because I've always, for me, controlling my anxiety has been controlling the circumstances the date happens and and making sure that it's something I'm comfortable doing. So that's another, like, hopefully to ease people's worries. Um, for me, it never really came up when I was messaging people uh, initially. And on the date, sometimes it never did come up. Um, 
like I said, I have an invisible condition. So, you know, if I was on a date with a guy who I didn't really feel would understand if I brought it up uh, or didn't really seem that like empathetic or wasn't a a great listener, um, I was like, yeah, probably not going to, you know, when he asks what I've been doing for the past little bit, probably not going to mention that I've been in and out of the hospital. Um, But other dates, it has come up. And somebody, you know, like we start talking for a little bit and they tell me a little bit about their background, if they've been in school or what their job is. And they seem like someone who's genuinely interested or they're a good listener or they're asking follow up questions or they seem compassionate. Sometimes I don't have a problem with saying, yeah, you know, like I've actually been on a medical leave of absence, you know, struggling with my health for the past two years and um and then the person's like oh well you know I bet the pandemic hasn't made that easy and I'm like yeah you're right it hasn't (laughs) it's been really difficult but I also kind of tee it up by saying you know like I have multiple chronic health conditions and it's my lived experience so I'm used to it but if the person has questions I'm an open book but I know that others aren't right. So like, if you don't feel comfortable talking about your health on a first date, yeah, I'm here to tell you I'm living proof that you don't have to, to have a successful first date, right? You don't have to. And, but the times that I have, I've actually like, there was one time I went on a date with a guy and his, he was like um, a question that I often ask if I do, if we end up talking about my chronic health conditions is And I've done this with friends and family too, who are still trying to, who at the beginning of my diagnosis were not really sure about the severity of what was going on. I will ask um, any person, have you ever known somebody who's been really sick? And if one guy was like, "Um, yeah, my mom had cancer. And I was like, oh, okay. Did she ever get infusions and he was like oh yeah she was on chemo and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and so all of a sudden I had a touch point with this person right like there was some relatability there he had known somebody who was sick before or had looked sick before um and he could understand my lived experience a little bit better right so sometimes people have been around somebody who's chronically ill another time one guy I went on a date with was diabetic and he was like oh yeah, I know what it's like to give yourself shots, you know, type thing. So you never know uh, where the conversation may take you if you do choose up to bring your health up your health. For me, it's been an overwhelmingly positive experience. Um, and if I do, there have been times where I've brought it up and someone's just gone like, you know, they didn't need that little, Ugh. and they don't, it's like, okay, clearly you cannot, you can't handle that right now. So I'll just, I'm just going to gloss right over that and move on to the next topic of conversation. Yeah. So I had that one like serious relationship and then I've had like a handful of like other short little dating relationship things um, in the past nine years of being sick. And one knew I was sick when we like, before we started dating. And then the other, like there were two other ones that like did not know at beforehand at all. And I before, right before COVID happened, I had been like dating this boy for, for a couple of months and 
like he met me at school. So he yeah. didn't know, like none of my college friends know, like knew that I was sick like, until this podcast came out. Like they like, my close friends like know that I have it. And like, I'm very open about it in class. Like I'll bring it up, but like no one knows like the severity of it. So I got like a bunch of messages from all of them. And they're like, oh my God, like I didn't know. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, you don't know like sick cast. So it's kind of interesting. But so he didn't really know until, um, the, I have a tattoo for my Lyme. And so he saw my tattoo and then he was like, oh, what's that for? And so that was like a good segue into it yeah. of being like, oh, and then like, I like would mention, I mentioned it like a little bit and he was like, actually very much interesting. And I was like, I can like go into more detail about things if you want me to. But like, I didn't, he was like very, very, like it made me, I had such anxiety. Like, I remember calling my friends like before it was happening, like before I like, started going on dates and stuff with this guy. And I was like, when do I bring up that I'm sick? So I was also feeling pretty good at this time too when do I bring up that I'm sick? Like, how do I bring it up? Like, how, like I was so scared of bringing it up. Like I was like, I didn't know like how to go about this, Yeah, but it like made me feel so much better. Cause he was like, so attentive to it and kind of just like asking questions. And he was like, he looked like so sad at one. He was like, I'm like, so sorry that you had to go through. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, thank you. Kind of, I guess like yeah. it's okay. But so that was like a really good experience with it. And then, but they're just like, sometimes you have to kind of, I guess, like it depends on where you guys are in like the stages and like kind of like I kind of framed it in that way. Like I basically gave like the quick rundown of like what's been going on. And I was like, I can go into more. And he like asked, he started asking questions. And so I was like, okay. So then I knew like I could get more in depth with it if I had to. And then like, and he also at one point saw I had um, had cupping done on my acupuncturist on my back and he saw it because I was wearing a tank top and he was like, what is that? And I was like, Oh, let me tell you about this. Like, oh, yeah. A good reminder is like people in the chronic illness community, it's been a part of our life for so long that uh, I've only been diagnosed with chronic health conditions for two and a half years. And um, I have already forgotten what it's like to be somebody who didn't know what it was like to, to, to live with chronic illness. And I've already forgotten forgotten what it's like to be somebody who had never ever had any touch points with anybody who had been remotely as sick as I was in my entire life like I hadn't uh, the sickest person I've ever known in my entire life up until the point that I got sick was me like (laughs) um so it's really easy to forget how otherworldly our lived experience is to people have never been in, inducted into it. Like, right? like it's an induction. Like what you were saying, you were already doing, you're already doing things to induct that guy into your world. Like, do you want to know more? Great yeah. question to ask. It, it, it also gives the other person control over their comfort level, right? Like it really is. No, it's okay. Like, uh, like questions, leading, leading questions. Like, do you want to know more? Have you ever known somebody who's really sick? Um, do you get squeamish? Like one guy wanted to see, was like, what's that on your arm? I was like, oh, it's my pick line. And I asked him before, I was like, do you want to see it? And he was like, sure. I was like, okay, do you get squeamish? Um, so like, those are all really great leading questions to, uh, induct somebody into your world. And if you go on more dates with them, you can send them, you can say, are you curious about learning more about my condition? And if they're like, yeah, say, okay, if you're interested, I could send you some edu- educational materials, right? Like that's also a great way to get somebody inducted into your world so that you're both balancing them getting to know K 
Cassidy, right? Them getting to know who you are as a person, but also getting to know like these other partners in your life, which are your chronic health conditions. Yes. Uh, two things I wanted to say. So one thing is like, I also don't think like, try not to get offended if they're like, if you say like, do you want to know more? And they say no, because like, it's a lot for people to digest, like for to like, yeah. uh, to like hear these things. And like, also like with, at least with my Lyme, trying to explain what Lyme is itself is such a complex thing. And then like trying to explain the Crohn's disease, the endometriosis, like all the other things that get thrown in there. Like, oh my God, you poor thing. It's a lot for people to understand. So I try to like ease them into it big, kind of just like the basic touch points. And then later, like if something comes up and they're like, oh, so like this happened. So with the guy I went on the date with a couple of weeks ago, I like when I ordered my food, I had to say, can you make sure that it's cooked in oil, not butter? Because I have a dairy allergy yeah, and yeah. he heard it. So after they left, he was like, oh, you have a dairy allergy. And I was like, yeah, I actually have like a lot of food allergies and restrictions. And he was like, oh, why? And so I was like, oh, I have like Crohn's disease and Lyme disease and I can't eat a lot of things. And so he was like, oh, like, what's that like? And so I like explained it a little bit and that was fine. So like he like knew a little bit. And then we went on another date and this date, I felt like trash. I felt like shit. And I was like, like I was having such a bad pain, like my stomach. So I didn't feel bad at first when I first got there. And then randomly, all of a sudden, my stomach bloated. And it was like the painful bloat. And I'm just like sitting there and I like was like reclining and like kind of like getting into all these weird positions. Cause yeah. like, literally all I could think about was like, oh my God, my stomach hurts so bad. And like, I probably was not like even like the best date. Cause I was like, trying to focus so hard. I was like, holy oh. shit, like it hurts so bad. And I was like getting upset because I didn't know. I was like, I didn't eat anything bad. Like, you know, it's like braiding oh. myself. Like, why the fuck am I bloating right now? And so he like asked me one pain. He was like, are you comfortable? I was like, yeah, my stomach's just bloating. And he like put his little hand on my stomach and he was like, oh no, why? And I was like, I was like, oh, like, you know, just like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Good question. Great question. I was like, no, it just does this sometimes. But like, if they ask my questions, you can answer them and stuff. But like, it's, it can be a lot for people to like have to ingest all this information to like, don't be offended right away if they're like, you tell them some stuff and they're like, no, I don't really need to learn anything more right now. But then like the next date, like if they start asking more questions, like they might do that. But like, then if they're not asking more questions, then it might be a little bit of like a, hmm, maybe you can't handle, like that's a thing that I have always had such a big anxiety and fear over. I don't want to like feel like I'm trapping somebody. Like if I'm like doing well, because like like we said, like I'm always like when I'm kind of like in the dating world, it's when I'm feeling good. And yeah. then I like I try to explain to them like I can be very sick and stuff yeah. because I don't want that to happen. And then for them to be like, what the fuck is going on? Because like my high school boyfriend knew that I was very sick, and then he just kind of got stuck with it anyway. But so I always have that fear of like, oh shit, like. It's going to get a little bit, like I told you earlier, like I woke up in that guy's bed one morning and um, we had just been sleeping. Don't let your mind go that dirty okay. people, please. Jeez. We haven't got to the sex portion of the podcast yet, but I had like woke up the next morning and I was paralyzed and I'm like, fuck, what do I do now? I'm like, he wasn't awake yet. And I was just like, okay, like I'm literally just going to lay here. Like, hopefully it will go away. Oh God. <laughs> like it was super fun. I was just like panicking, panicking. And I can't remember, like, I think, you know, he woke up and I was still paralyzed. And he like asked me like, if I wanted to like get breakfast, like go get food or something. And I was like, yeah, you can go make it. I'm paralyzed. Right? I like so, cause I'm so nonchalant about when I'm paralyzed. Cause I'm just so used to it. That's on trauma. Um, I, yeah. I was like, I was like, you can go start making breakfast. I'll be there in a few minutes. I'm paralyzed right now. And he was just like, what? 
are you okay? Like, what do you need me to do? Like, are you okay? Like what's going on? I was like, no, like it's like, I can't, there is a way for other people to get me unparalyzed. They have to stab me in the bottom of foot with an acupuncture needle. But I was like, we've only been dating for a month. I'm not going to make you stab me in the foot with an acupuncture needle right now. So it's totally fine. (laughs) Like, Just leave me here. I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll just give you a second. Just give me a few minutes. Also brings me to the topic of sexual intercourse, if you will, when you are chronically sick, which is like not something that people talk about, but guess what? Hey, we are still fucking human beings. And guess what? We like to have sex. Sometimes it depends, but (laughs) like that's just a thing. And there's so many things that we can talk about with that. But one of them being like, okay, have you like, I don't know how to go about this question. What do I want to ask you with this? What should I ask? Um, well, plain and simple, I haven't had sex since becoming chronically ill. Uh, and I think... The co- so maybe you could, you could ask yes, me questions. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um, yes. So, like we talked about earlier, like getting into the world of dating, maybe we should preface this with... Um, okay like, hi, yes, we're weird people with chronic illness, and we, like, people who are differently abled can still have sex. Great. Now we've got that out of the way. Uh, We've established that. But one, like, I guess you call it access to sex is different when you're differently abled or uh, chronically ill. The education on, like, intimacy and having sex, whatever kind of sex that may be, is different um, for people mm-hmm. with chronic illness or who are differently able. Like, yep. um, there's different rules and, uh, like, things that are at play that are not at play when you are healthy or abled or able-bodied. Um, and there's also things like medication that can change your sex drive or medication that can alter your mood or so one these are all like things to talk to your doctor about but two like there's nobody you don't learn about this stuff in high school sex ed right and then once you're out of high school sex ed it's like you're on your own you think like no one ever teaches you like how to give a (laughs) blowjob Yeah, no one ever teaches you how to give a blowjob. No one ever teaches you how to explore your own body, right? No one ever teaches you about, I mean, no one ever teaches you how to get chronically ill. No. <laughs> and then on top of that, nobody ever teaches you how to have relationships, make relationships, have sex, be intimate, explore your own body with all the complications that come with being chronically ill, right? So I haven't been sexually active since becoming chronically ill because I'm one living at home mm-hmm. um and i've taken a medical leave of absence from school which then i went back to school but it was the pandemic so it was online up until recently i haven't even felt well enough to be sexually active right like so they're yeah. like you, you, movies depict young people as these energizer bunnies of sexual activity <laughs> when you know, one that may just not be somebody's truth. Like they, not all young people are energizer bunnies for sexual activity, right? Like, but also uh, it places an immense expectation uh, in this invisible weight um, on your shoulders, especially for young people, honestly, anybody of any age, um, especially 
perpetuated by the media that you should be having sex all the time, right? That like sex should be an easy commodity for young people. It should be like, and being desirable is something that we should be putting a lot of energy into every day, right? Like, that's what the media tells us. Um, so when I, I didn't really even think about sex for two years, if I'm being honest, because I was so unwell. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I can't think about pleasuring somebody else when one, I don't have the time to pleasure myself because I am so sick. Yeah. I'm in pain all the time and I'm in and out of the hospital. Um, like I'm on all these medications it just wasn't a, it wasn't a part of the question. Right. So I can't really speak on what it's like to, to have sex with chronic illness. I can probably imagine that there are like some positions that are probably better for me than other positions. Right. Like I've been in, in a sexually intimate relationship before and I've had multiple partners before. So I can speak on that when I was not as chronically ill as I was now. And this was you know, when I was chronically ill and didn't even know it. And so, you know, like sex is tiring, right? Like there's positions that may suit your body and your physical strength better than others, right? Like there's things to make you comfortable, like lubrication mm-hmm. or temperature of the room, uh, like all those kinds of things. Um, but also not having sex for a long time, one is okay. Yep. But then when you do feel ready to have sex, it's like, okay, how do I do that? Because <laughs> like, it's, and you know, of course it starts with dating and it starts getting to know somebody, but it, especially for young people it, with chronic illness, if you're not at college, which is just like a small population of young people all in within several blocks of each other, like going to classes together, going to parties together, right? Like how you, there's not a, there's not an immediate community of people your age, maybe, or of people of your interest. Um, so that's where dating comes in, but also it's perfectly fine to not be sexually active for a while. And there's nothing wrong with you. And it doesn't make you any inherently less sexual or sexy to be not sexually active for a while. Yes. Can we get rid of the stigma around like, why aren't you having sex? Like you should be having sex. Like, why are you not in a relationship? Yeah. It has been, it's so hard for like my mom, especially, sorry, mom, kind of call you out. Like, but to like fathom the idea of like, why aren't you talking? Like, why aren't you on dating apps? Why aren't you doing this? And like, cause I have a lot of other things that my main focus is on right now. And that like, for me, my number one thing that I've always said is my health is my number one priority. School will always be there if I need to drop out of school and come back to it later. School will always be there. And I have done that. Relationships and stuff can always be there, but my health may not be there. So like if I need to stop using dating apps or something like that and focus on my health, that's fine. If I'm not having sex for a little while because I am focusing on my health and trying to get better so that I'm able to like not have to fucking stop again because I am like doing well so like so well that's totally fine too. Like you're, it's okay to not do these things. I have only ever been sexually active being chronically sick. Yeah. You've been very long. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, like, yeah, it is tiring and things like that. And there definitely are like, depending on how you're feeling, like positions and things that you're going to have to, and it's like a topic that you need to kind of talk about yeah, hundred percent before you engage in any sort of sexual intercourse with someone like that is 
if you haven't brought up the chronic illness topic yet, you need to bring that topic up beforehand, at least especially like with me, Lyme disease is considered a sexually transmitted disease. No so way. Like, I didn't even, I didn't know that. <laughs> it can't. Yeah. So it's a cousin to fuck syphilis, chlamydia, one of those two, I think it's syphilis. Okay. Um, and because of the spirochete shape of it. And so they believe that it can be sexually transmitted. So what I have heard is that it can be sexually transmitted from the boy to the girl. And then the girls then can pass it on to the babies. Um, wow. And no idea. Like, there's also not enough studies and proof and things to like, because no one believes that Lyme disease is a real thing. So there's not <laughs> going to be studies to show that it can yeah. be sexually transmitted. But I also do know couples who like, one of them had it and the other got it. So like also a topic that you need to discuss. Um, yeah. Hashtag condoms, wrap it up. Trojans, like the daily Trojan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Um, but um, also on that topic, like a lot of people that are chronically sick have a lot of like allergies and stuff. And you need to find out if you could potentially be allergic to anything that yeah. is in the condom or anything that is in like the lube that you could potentially be using, like those are also things. But then like yeah. talking about positioning and stuff, like I have arthritis. So like arthritis all over my body, yeah. inflammation all over my body. Like there are things you're not gonna want to do. Uh, oh my God. And then like if you have a pick line in or a port, there are things that you cannot do. Like yeah. even honestly sleeping next to someone, like and I mean literally sleeping next to someone. When I had my pick line in, my boyfriend and I had to change yeah. Or like which side of the bed we slept on because I slept on the, I was sleeping in the wrong position. Like he was going to be like hitting my pick line arm. Yeah. These are things that you might run into when you're dating and you're like, wait, like I had to change like which hand holding arm because sometimes that arm would be like wrapped in IV at the time. Like, yeah. yeah, like you have to kind of think about these little things that you don't really think about with that. Like being said, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And if you want to like, and for me right now, also like sex can be painful depending on what kind of chronic illness you have it can be painful, not only with like your yeah. other joints, but like for me right now with the endometriosis diagnosis, that's yeah. on there. That's all your lady parts. Like literally I am in constant pain right now in my yeah. vagina. So literally the thought of something going up there makes me like, it's yeah. not the thing that happens. Not right now. And like, that's what can happen. And there's, there's also like that and like penetrative sex. It's not the only sex out there. Yep. Exactly. And penetrative sex is not the only sexy thing out there, right? Like showering with your partner, that's sexy as fuck. Like oral sex, sexy as fuck. Like sex with your hands. I don't know whatever you want to call that. (laughs) Non-penetrative sex with your hands. Like, I I don't know what you call that. (laughs) I don't know what you call that. It's it's so good. It's so good. Like fingering in hand jobs. Like there's, there's options and... But again, like theme for this episode of the podcast is just do what makes you comfortable. Mm -hmm. And also it's important we say stopping in the middle of sex is fine. Yeah. Stopping and continuing is fine. Stopping, stopping altogether is fine. Yeah. Saying, Hey, don't like that. Like that change position is fine. Like asking to change position. Fine. Right. Like there's nothing sex is like an intricate act in that like there's a lot of moving parts literally yeah. and metaphorically yes right? like so if you don't pipe up chime in and say what you're comfortable with and say what makes you either feel safe or what feels best right like you're i think this is something that chronic illness people who have chronic illness are really 
kind of experts at is knowing their body. Yes, right? 100%. So use that skill to your advantage when yeah. you're making out with somebody, when you're having oral sex, when you're having penetrative sex, whatever. Use that skill to your advantage. Like, you know, it feels good in your body. Use your intuition. If something feels wrong, if something is, you get tired in one position, you know, like make a move to change to a different position or just say, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, can we just change positions? Like that doesn't make you any less sexy. doesn't yeah. make you any less desirable. Right. Like, so I think there's this misconception that like, even if you're not chronically ill, that sex is this, like, is, is a something that doesn't have words. Like the act itself doesn't require speaking. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's also like, that's so problematic. So problematic. And it's also the men are just in charge. It's like, ladies, take a stand. No, you can be in charge. But like, if for me, at least like, if you're not comfortable enough saying, hey, fucking change positions because that's hurting or like, I don't like that. Like you need to be able to, it's supposed to be for your pleasure. So if it's not pleasuring you in any sort of way, like even if you have a chronic illness or don't have a chronic illness, say something yeah, and just be like, and if they are like, get angry about it or something, maybe be a red flag. Yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that one. But one thing that you talked about earlier that we said we wanted to talk about for this one was the libido thing. Yeah. Using your voice in the doctor's office isn't any different than using your voice when it comes to sex, right? So Boom. using your voice to advocate for yourself in the doctor's office, apply, copy and paste those tactics to the bedroom, basically, right? Yep. So, And that's another thing, like, it's okay to be sexually active for a while and then your sim like a symptom may be like low libido or a medication may have a side effect that like causes your sex yeah. drive to go down and like vocalizing that to your doctor like hey like I've noticed like I'm not really getting horny anymore or something like that or like and saying it to your partner too being like hey I'm just not feeling it right now like that can happen and like being okay with saying that like that is something that you have to learn how to do too yeah and it's something that like can be difficult to put words to. Yes. It's, it's, it's hard to like, yeah, I guess I really haven't thought about, you know, like yeah, having sex or feeling like I want to touch myself in months or weeks or years. Like, yes. you know, that that's hard to put words to. And it's uh, something that uh, a lot of cultures, especially Westernized American culture has historically shamed Right. Yep. Like we shame people who talk about uh, sex in any way, shape or form or pleasure in any way, shape or form. So, so talk to your doctor about it. Talk, you know, look up your medication side effects. Mm -hmm. But again, it's it's advocating for yourself in the bedroom is no, you know, no way different than advocating for yourself in the doctor's office. And sex is something that you can ask your doctor about preemptively right like if you are going on yep. medication say okay uh great like another one to add to the list uh does this one what side effects does it come with and does it come with de decreased sex drive also making sure that medications are not interfering if you're on birth control too because like there are like medications like especially if you're if you take antibiotics which i was on for years that totally makes your like birth control not work for yeah. that for for the sex purpose so yeah. like also finding out about that as well like that super important also for everybody not even like if you don't have a chronic illness if you get like strep or something and you get on antibiotics for two weeks like your birth control is not working for you for two weeks so yeah 
always Uh, learning all these things. Yeah. All these things. And I think, uh, again, communicating like you were, you know, like when you were setting up your first date and talk like when you communicating about your chronic illness and educating your partner on it or educating a date on it, um, or whatever, like it all comes down to communication and controlling your narrative Mm -hmm. and advocating for yourself. Um, and a lot of that can feel like it just goes out the window with dating, sex, making out, whatever, um, with relationships, because we live in a world where it's not talked about. Um, and we we grow up not ever being educated that a lot of the tactics we use in our everyday life are great tactics to apply in a relationship in the dating world, um, in the sex in in, in having the sex world. (laughs) Yes. You call it that. Yeah. They're all like, like communicating well with a friend is, is the same thing as communicating well with your partner, right? Like, um, is the same thing as communicating well during intimate situations. So apply and seek out education. Like there's nothing wrong with looking up, like what are sex positions? I did that. Like a helpful tip, Cosmopolitan. If you go, like, go on Cosmo's website, they literally have like sex positions of the day that you can look at. You could look at them if you're like having issues and you're like, oh, I'm in pain. Like what's something else that I could try? Yeah, exactly. Look it up. And I think also another one um, that I wanted to throw out earlier is themighty.com. I used to have an internship there, but they, I'm pretty sure they have, I suggested it one time. I think they told me they had already done it, but like a sex positions for like different chronic illnesses. Mm. Um, And even for people like in wheelchairs and things like that. But then also like if you are talking to someone and dating somebody and they do want to learn more, the mighty also has like a whole section for like your like significant others and things like that. And like, yeah. I remember one of them, like my friend's boyfriend, one of my sick, like one of my Lyme friends, her boyfriend at one point was like asking me, he was like, I don't like, she was having a really hot rough time. And he like texted me, he was like, I don't know what to do. And I literally just sent him this article that was like how to support your chronically sick significant other. Yeah. And then like, make a cup of tea like like make them a make them their cup of tea so they don't have to like those little things so they're like all kinds of resources if they want it to and I think the main focus of this episode I feel has been to say like hey it's okay to talk about these things and chronic just because you're chronically sick doesn't mean that you have to miss out on all these things that is like part of the normal experience even though we do have to miss out on a lot relationships and dating and sex are not one of them and take the control for yourself. Like that's, we mm-hmm. are so limited in this life with what we get to control because of our illnesses taking like a little bit of the control over our bodies. This is something you get to take with that control over. So do it and do what you are comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. I totally echo that. I think dating and relationships and chronic illness. Um, I think the conversations around dating and chronic illness are feel non-existent. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't make them happen either with your partner, with your best friends, um, whether that's just between you and Google and you're, and you're just educating yourself about, like you said, antibiotics and birth control or medications and decreased libido, um, or how to write a hinge profile or, you know, what pictures to use or how, (laughs) what are good conversation starters? Like there's, and, but but the caveat being, it can so often feel like that's just another thing for somebody who's already chronically ill and has is dealing with so much to add onto their plate. So yeah. again, 
Do things at your own pace. Do things when you're comfortable. Because isn't that, you know, like the great mm-hmm. life lesson that we have learned by being chronically ill is that our bodies are on our own, their own clocks, right? Like so often we have to work sort of synergistically with our bodies and it's a yang and yang relationship. And yeah. so approaching dating with that same mindset, like sometimes my body may demand that I stay home one day. Like sometimes my body may be feeling things that I don't know how to understand. So I need to communicate yep. them with my doctor or with my date. Like, hey, I'm really bloated and my stomach's really hurting. I think we might need to call this date early, you know, rain check for another time. How does that yep. work for you? Nine times out of the 10, the person is going to be so responsive and is going to be like very understanding. So do what you're comfortable with, do it on your timeline and have fun. Yeah. That's the other thing. Dating is fun and it should, it's just meeting with other people. And for chronic illness, it can be such an isolating experience. Yeah. If you're nervous about meeting somebody for the first time, just think about the fact that you may never see that person again. And so try and learn a little bit about that person, right? Um, Place the focus on something else rather than thinking about, you know, oh, am I going to talk about my illness? Oh, what's going to happen? What am I going to say? Start asking them questions. Because sometimes when you get somebody who's a real talker, it makes things easy for you. (laughs) Yes, yes, 100%. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. And thanks for reaching out and reaching out into the absolute... (laughs) ether of the internet and just sending me an email like I was absolutely flattered and floored and honored to get your email and and to talk with you today and you know impart what I could to your audience and hopefully help (laughs) some people and like I said heck you help me I'm about to go steal your your hinge profile right now so (laughs) please take them from me so at the end of every episode, we give a song, um, uh, oh my gosh, a song recommendation for the listeners about something that the episode has been about. So what would you like to do? Mm, like what's a song that would relate to dating? Yeah, I was, there's like so many. Oh my God, this is, I would be so remiss if I didn't totally plug this. I'm sure the rest of the world is already on the Olivia Rodrigo boat. Bless you. But if you're ever pre-gaming for a date, slap on her new album, Sour. Give it a listen. Yeah, we're just going to do the whole song recommendation is just all of Sour. Yeah, if if you need a a hype song, like you're getting ready to go in for your date and you're freaking the fuck out, right? And you need to just get out of your own head. Slap on Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo bang your hair out in the car and then that's literally what I did on my way to my date last weekend I banged out brutal I was like it's it's brutal it is brutal out here it's brutal having chronic it's it's brutal having chronic illness but it's also brutal just dating in general so like that's a good thing that also makes me feel like just because we're chronically sick is not what's making this part hard like some of the things in our life 
are made more difficult because we live life with a chronic illness, but dating yeah. is really hard for everybody. So it just is like a little thing. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it can be brutal out here, but we can also have fun and yeah. dance it out and shake it out. But then if the date goes really bad, just like skip two, so don't skip anything, but you could just like go down to one step, three step yes. back, enough for you, happier, whatever you need. Yes, Trader. Ooh, ooh, gosh, yeah. That whole album, iconic. Iconic. Yeah. So yeah. that is our song recommendation. The whole album of Sour, particularly Brutal, but just yes. Thank you so much, Catherine, for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I will follow uh, post Catherine's chronically Catherine Instagram page and the link to her column. So make sure you guys follow her along there and make sure you give us a like, a subscribe, review, leave a review, whatever you want at IGWS podcast. And we'll be back. Bye. Bye. Bye.